Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. And my name is Matt. Welcome, everybody. We have an exciting show for you, and I'm just going to step back and let Matt geek all over right now, because Matt, this is the show I think you've been waiting for out of all possible shows. So Matt, what are we talking about today? You are absolutely correct. I I don't know if I've ever been more excited for an episode of this podcast. And that's saying something, because we've done some good ones. But anyway, um, so we are going to talk about the new Disney Plus show, Muppets Now, but we're also going to talk about a bunch of other Muppet things because the Muppets are awesome and I love them and I just cannot contain my excitement. Uh, So for this episode, we brought in a very special guest. He is the curator of the Muppet History Twitter account, uh, Joshua Gillespie. Welcome. Hey, glad to be here. I I heard Muppets from miles away and I can just pick it up, you know, and I came as fast (laughs) as I could. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Well, uh, Joshua, if you can um, uh, give us a little bit of your history with the Muppets, how you got into Muppets, um, um, what's your first early memories of Muppets, just things like that. Sure. So I I was born with a rare heart defect where only the right half of my heart formed completely. Because of this, I it was required that I had heart surgeries done at a very young age. And because I was so young... My parents had to find something to keep me entertained while I'm laying there in the hospital. Just so happened they had a couple of Muppet VHS tapes because I had two older brothers. So, you know, the Muppets, you know, it's one of those things like Disney. You kind of just back then you raised your kids on it. So they brought them for me to watch and I was instantly hooked more so than anyone else in my family had been. Earliest memory I have that I actually like can remember is watching the VHS release of the Alice Cooper and Vincent Price episodes of the Muppet show on a VHS tape they released at my grandmother's house. And one of the scenes in it, scaring the bejesus out of me and me running out of the room. <laughs> That's great. They're fantastic episodes. I love those episodes. Oh, of the they Muppet are. Show. And I and now I can, I can watch it back and be like, yeah, that was probably it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I for me personally, I know and Matt. I know you're head over heels for the Muppets, and obviously Josh, you are too. You know, for obvious reasons. For me, the Muppets. They've been in my life, but for me, they've never been a major part of my life. I mean, I remember, you know, I remember seeing not the original Muppet show. I actually grew up on the Muppet Babies, the original Muppet Babies uh, TV show on on Saturday mornings. And I fell in love with Fozzie Bear way back then. I ended up getting a, a stuffed Fozzie Bear when I was a kid, so much so that when the revival came out, this, you know, this last couple of years, that when they got Fozzie Bear from the Muppet Babies. I was like, I've got to get them because it reminded me of the one when I was a kid. But uh, that that's it, it's so cool when you can find something like that, you know, Josh, that is comforting to you in those times that, you know, you need something to focus on. Yeah, and I don't know what it is exactly that just worked unlike anything else would for me, but the Muppets did it. 
<laughs> yeah, I was a big Sesame Street kid. And yep. so, you know, obviously the, the Muppets were rolled into that. But, you know, I was a, a fan of Elmo and Big Bird and Bert and Ernie and all those. Um, I remember there was a time when I was a kid that we went to go see Sesame Street live. And we knew the owner of, or the not owner, but the person who helped with all the backstage stuff at the arena, he went to our church. And so we met him afterwards and he was like, all right, who do you want to see? And mm-hmm. we chose Big Bird and Sesame Street Live, Big Bird has to be even bigger because yep. everyone else is already big. And so you gotta be big enough so the people, people in the back row can see him. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and you have to have everybody big. And I just remember my mom saying Big Bird was huge. <laughs> I think I saw Sesame Street live when I was a kid, too, because I, I have this thought, you know, I'm from Detroit. So I have this memory of going downtown with my parents or with my mom and my brother. And I think one other person, I think her name was Sue, my mom's best friend. And I remember the it was playing at Cobo Hall, I believe. And then right next door was um, Joe Louis Arena and the Red Wings happened to be playing that night as well. And I just have this memory in my mind of my, my mom and, and Sue going, let's just hope we don't go to the wrong arena. Otherwise, we're going to have a bunch of hockey players skating out on the rink or something like that. Uh, but I, for some reason, remember, I think we saw Sesame Street Live when I was a kid as well. Yeah. All I ever saw was the Little Mermaid uh, Disney on Ice. And it, again, terrified me. <laughs> <laughs> We all go through that age, I think. Josh, can you tell us a little bit about, unless Matt, you were going to do this later, can you tell us about the Twitter account and kind of how all that got started? Sure. Um, I had just uh, quit working at Disney. <laughs> all right. So I was just sort of, I had pl- I had planned to work for Disney for the rest of my life. You know, it's that dream job, you know? And yeah. so when I quit, I came back home and all my stuff was just packed in boxes and I was, and it was sort of a depressing sight. So I needed something to distract myself. I had done many YouTube videos in the past about the Muppets. It's actually where Muppet history started. And I've seen all these on this day in this, on this fun fact kind of page. And I was like, why isn't there anything about the Muppets? I mean, they're just as important as all this, all this Disney stuff or all this universal mm-hmm. things. I think the Muppets fit in there pretty well. So I just started it. And the thing that really blew it up was I had posted the clip from the Muppet movie screen test, which was Jim and Frank just kind of goofing around to see how the Muppets looked in the real world. Yeah. And Judd Apatow retweeted it. Oh, and that's where it all blew up. <laughs> that is awesome. I think I went from like 200 followers to 10,000 in a span of like 24 hours. Jeez. Yeah, I was like, oh, happy. so this What's is my life that's now. Like 100 okay. listeners. That's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. So before we go any further, I feel like we have to address this question, which is who is your favorite Muppet? I'll give you two guesses. Since you're the Muppet aficionado around here, you should be able to guess, right? Especially how much time I've looked at your account in the past six months. Exactly. <laughs> okay, um, I'm, uh, maybe this is cliche, but I'm going to say Kermit the Frog. You're close. Ooh, I'm close. Um, well, then another, another big heavy hitter then would be Fozzie Bear. You were closer the first time. 
As close uh, as are you a Miss Piggy fan? Robin the Frog is my favorite mother. Robin the... hey, excuse me, Julie. Hey, Kermit, yeah. your nephew Robin just fell in a tuba. <laughs> what? He fell in a tuba, but it's okay. Animals getting him out. <laughs> hey, Robin, are you all right? Yeah, it's fun. That was going to be my next guess would be Robin the oh, Frog. Of course. Yeah, I don't even exactly. know who Robin the Frog is. You don't know who Ro- is, Robin um, the Frog is Kermit's nephew, who he was started out as just sort of a background Muppet. Well, he he got he started on the Frog Prince, the old TV special, as Robin the Frog, and then he just sort of became a background character. And then in the Burdenette Peters episode, I think it is, they were finally were like, "Oh, it's my nephew Robin," and you know, okay. like I said, growing up as a kid. W- being a little kid watching the Muppets, it was seeing a character, and I was like, "Oh, I can relate to that one." Yeah, because because he's a he's a kid, so that makes sense. Casey, what about you? Oh, Fozzie Bear has always been my absolute favorite. Fo- Fozzie Bear, I don't know. I've always related to the Waka Waka, the joke telling of. I, I again, I loved him as in the Muppet Babies. I liked Gonzo too. He was a little weird for me, but I did like Gonzo. I will say this, and this is something I'm really hoping that you can help clear up for me josh as we get moving i do not understand why skeeter doesn't make more of an appearance when she was in the muppet babies but you don't see her in anything else you see scooter but you don't see skeeter i always liked skeeter well for muppet babies it was the skeeter was the token additional girl character and the token nerdy girl character and they have brought her back for a few appearances um including as a grown-up in one of the comics where it's like, Ooh. oh, she's a, she's a journalist or she's an adventurer or something like that. And she still visits her little brother to or her twin brother or whatever they were to make fun of him. But, you know, it was it was cute. And I think they I think they had her on the new Muppet Babies as well. Did they? I know I know Summer was kind of like the new the new addition to that. I wasn't yeah. sure if they brought Skeeter on or not. So but yeah. They've been doing so many cameos on the new Muppet Babies. Like That's awesome. It's it's really it's it's nice to see that. Now, Matt, I already know yours. <laughs> I, I, I don't even need to ask you. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna see if, if Joshua can try to guess what your favorite Muppet character is. Having no knowledge of me whatsoever, um, it, I, I will give you some hints. It is not like one of the what I would consider mainstream Muppets. Angus uh, McGonagall. He's got. <laughs> I, I will give you another hint. He has got a restaurant at Walt Disney World. Oh, Rizzo the Rat. Nope. Really? <laughs> nope. This is a new restaurant, actually. A new restaurant that just opened at Epcot. Oh, Sam Eagle. <laughs> you can't say restaurant. Without me, of course, I'm going to remember the terrible food first. <laughs> well, I haven't even tried the the, the Sam the Eagle. I've heard the barbecue is pretty good, though. So yeah, I, I haven't been back since they opened that. But <laughs> yeah. Pizza Rizzo, uh, it, it fit the name. Yeah, uh, it's it's and the theming is really nice. Oh, I'm yeah, not it's, about it's, that restaurant. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, excuse my language, it's crappy pizza. So it's like, <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> Same with Pizza Planet. It's like this is just the theme. You're coming in for bad pizza. <laughs> I think they. Uh, I think they're. If I'm not mistaken, I think they're probably going to end up closing Pizza Rizzo. From what I'm hearing, I heard it doesn't it, surprise it me. I mean, it's a it's a nice 
that what they did theming wise is wonderful, but it's still just the same bad food. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good theming is when the food is bad. You can have the greatest themed restaurant, but if it's bad food. <laughs> they had alcohol, so I mean, I guess that's a plus. I'm, I'm sorry, too, but just the idea of getting your food served by a rat to me just feels really weird. I mean, it is Florida. Just, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> they, don't, they, don't have, they don't have cockroaches in Florida. They have palmetto bugs or whatever they call it. It should be an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I just I love Sam Eagle. Um, the I, I my first you know appearance for him for me was Muppet 3D Vision, where yes. the line that he has where they're talking about the finale and he's like, "It's a glorious three-hour finale," and we got a minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's it's the gasp that he's just like, oh! and and that moment is just so well timed. And then there's yeah. another. The other great two memories I have of him is there's a Muppet Show episode with Elton John where he was, um, that was in Elton John was in his flamboyant stage. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, backstage Sam Eagle is going on about how this is, you know, not how musicians should dress, you know, high class musicians don't dress this way. And Kermit points out, well, Mozart wore high heels, silk stockings and powdered wigs. And Sam doesn't believe him. He's like, oh, that, that would be, you know, scandalous. And in true Muppet fashion, Scooter walks in and is like, hey, guys, look at this great picture of Mozart. Elton John just gave me. <laughs> you know, Sam, you'd look great in a powdered wig. <laughs> <laughs> if Mozart wore high heels, wigs, and stockings, I'll eat my hat. And uh, give Elton John a big introduction? That too. Hey, guys, look at this great picture of Mozart, Elton John. What? Those high heels and silk stockings. What? Hey, Sam, you know, you'd look great in a powdered wig. It's a great moment. And then he has to, like, go on and give Elton John, like, a big welcome and a fancy outfit. And then the other one that I have of him is when he's giving this whole speech on, like, the glories of industry and technology and, like, talking about mamby-pamby conservationists and and has a list of animals that are being saved by this. And he gets to the American bald eagle and then, like, abruptly stops and walks off the stage. So My favorite Sam the Eagle is, I don't know if you remember this, It's he tells the story of the ant and the grasshopper. And it's represented by these very little, very actually size accurate puppets of an ant and a grasshopper. But then he gets to the end of the story and goes, and so it was, dear listeners, that the grasshopper drove his sports car to Miami and the ant got stepped on. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was, dear listeners, that the grasshopper drove his sports car to Florida and the ant got stepped on. What? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. And I, this is what I love about the Muppets, is all this humor that we're talking about is not dirty or raunchy or dumb humor like it's a little violent in every now and again yeah it can get a little violent every now and then but um but that was also like i mean you watch looney tunes and exactly dick they're blowing each other up and hitting hammers and i mean that was kind of the humor of the day but so much of their humor is is just clever it's it's universal yeah whoever you are you're you're able to 
access that humor because it's 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 universal. So one of the things, I know, Matt, you've got kind of some stuff that you want to think through, but I want to go a little bit bigger picture just for a second and kind of talk timeline, not detailed timeline, but kind of like, again, Muppet history, which is what you're good at. And correct me if I'm wrong on the history here. As far as I kind of my understanding of Muppet history is you kind of had the, the, these characters. They came out in the 70s. They were under Jim Henson's leadership, Frank Oz's leadership. You had the Muppet show. You had the Muppet movie. There might have been a couple Muppet movies maybe produced, kind of 70s into the 80s. Then you had the Muppet Babies, and then kind of it died a little bit. I mean, I, was there anything that really well, kind of I mean, Jim Henson died? But you know, well, I know, well, I know Jim Henson died, but like the actual like it, it seems like maybe like the the fandom. I don't say the fandom, but maybe like there wasn't as much going on for the Muppets through the 90s was there a, I, for some reason i feel like there might have been a movie produced in the 90s um well the late 90s had muppets from space okay which so i will defend to the end of time as a good movie <laughs> okay um apparently it sounds like it's not a good movie from some other people it's it's, it's different that's what it, it doesn't have any musical numbers or anything like that it's just a straightforward movie okay and then but, Right around, like, to the 2000s didn't have a whole lot. It really wasn't until 2010s when they kind of got reinvigorated by, I'm going to call him Disney. Marshall, but uh, the guy who plays Marshall in How I Met Your Mother. Uh, who's Jason, Jason Siegel Jason in his Siegel. Uh, fan fiction. Yeah, he kind of he kind of brought them back into the mainstream. Am I missing yeah. anything in there, or is that pretty accurate? I'll give you a solid C. Okay. Fair enough. Help me out here. Um, well, there was another TV. Sh- there was a TV show in the '90s called Muppets Tonight, which was sort of like a spiritual successor to the Muppet Show, yes. but much faster sense of humor, much more quick-paced humor. But I think the reason it didn't work was because they had Clifford, who was played by Kevin Clash, take over the role as the host. Which now, as I've done my research over the years, I'm starting to realize. That was always meant to be the plan. Even with if Jim had lived, that was meant to be the plan. Huh. Okay, but what what didn't um Sandra uh Bullock do uh she 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 yeah. she was, she was wasn't she um a guest on that at one point and they yes. did the not on that? They had a lot of really surprising guest stars. Like they had Rick Moranis, they had oh, what's his name? Uh Tony Bennett, that's it. They yeah. Had him on. Okay. They had some big name people on there, and it's a shame it didn't last as long as it should have. And honestly, it's kind of the humor they probably do well with today. Do you think that? Do you think that maybe part of that problem is is that? And you guys have been talking about that wholesome humor. Do you think one of the reasons why the Muppets have struggled to find a more modern voice is because? that humor is maybe a little too wholesome for the modern audience today? I think possibly, but I also think when the Muppets try to be overly raunchy, if it, there's a level of raunchiness with the Muppets that has always been there, Mm -hmm. but it's that it, there's a great quote from Jim Henson where it's, it's, we're not writing for kids, but we're not writing against them or something along those lines where kids will, can still, you know, they can still enjoy it, but it's not necessarily for them. 
And that's what yeah. I feel like has, I feel like the Muppets currently have an identity crisis where it's like, if, if they want to be for kids, they go all the way. And it's like, Oh, new Muppet babies. Or it's like, Oh, we're doing a primetime show. Oh, this is the Muppet show for adults. It's like, no, <laughs> it was like the, the, the office, but made that, that was the one on ABC like two years ago. Yeah. Wasn't it? Where it was and, like, and, it was like the office with the Muppets. <laughs> and that's such a good idea in concept. And they get these great concepts and then just don't know how to do anything with them. It's, I remember someone at Disney did an interview with, I think it was like one of those entertainment magazines and was like this is the muppet show for adults and i was like don't don't say that please you're gonna get so many people upset and it did there are the parents being like oh this what think of the children (laughs) (laughs) and it it showed i mean that that show lasted what like a season season, maybe maybe and it had some really good moments deep down like they, they I love that they've basically made Rolf the dog just this old kind of wily, smart aleck kind of character. I think that's perfect for him. Yeah. But it's just so heavily focused on trying to have a plot. And I think that's the problem is that the Muppets really never had a plot involving them. Well, but then you also have the flip side too, which is you know the new Muppets now, which I know you're going to get to. Uh, it almost seems like that has gone and swung in the complete opposite direction, where there is absolutely no plot whatsoever in Muppets now. And Matt and I have had a couple of conversations about it. I personally am not a fan of it, Matt. I don't know if you where you've landed on it, um, and I'm curious to get Joshua's take on it too. Well, I do think that some of the plot lines, so like in a Muppet Show episode, there there were the the anchor was the sketches, but then there was a common thread that was happening backstage between the sketches. So, for example, um, the episode where Julie Andrews comes on, uh, there's a live cow backstage, and I don't mean a puppet cow. I mean like they got an actual cow to hang out backstage and the whole episode is them in between all the songs and the sketches trying to figure out whose cow this is and it's so simple yeah exactly and, and, it's so not, and it and it's integrated into the plot of the like into the sketches and into things where it works where it's so funny exactly Exactly. But you wouldn't say that was the episode that had the cow in it necessarily, but it would be, that's the episode Julie Andrews hosted. She sang this song, like she sang with Kermit when you were a tadpole and I was a fish. Like it's, it was anchored by those sketches and then the plot kind of helped tie things together. I think it was more so towards the fifth season and somewhat the fourth season if you ever can see those of the Muppet show where they started making these really well done plots that did hold the episodes together. The, the one that I always go to is the star Wars episode. Yes. Where it is where Mark Hamill and, and C3PO and them are integrated into the plot. But at the same time, the show doesn't change because it's just because it's star Wars, just because they happen to be there. 
that that is a fantastic if you're a star wars fan you need to look up this episode and especially if you're a mark hamill fan as well because uh you know luke sky he's in his luke skywalker he's playing luke skywalker on the show and then uh fozzy stops and he's like wait a minute you're mark hamill and luke goes no 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 no. he's my cousin he's my cousin he's right outside (laughs) (laughs) that's funny well okay Josh, so what is your take on the new Muppets now? Are you a fan of it? Is it? Is it? Are you, you're not a fan of it either. It's it's hard because because I run my page, I have become friends with people on the inside, uh-huh. and it's like going to a crappy school play. You're like, okay, oh, that your friends are in. You're like, I gotta cheer them on because I love them. But man. Do you think that part and, – and I'm wondering because we're going to start getting into very quickly content that is being created in the age of COVID. And I'm wondering, is some of this content the way it is because it's yes. being created in silos? Yes. Yes. The segments with Scooter where he's working on the – that was all done last minute. Okay. Um, so these things were all done separately in silos and then – that, that that scooter they weren't supposed to, to exist to begin with oh the segment the show was originally supposed to be done as separated segments that were going to be released like maybe one on monday one on wednesday one on friday oh. but then i don't know if it has to do with COVID, if it has to just do with disney if it has to do with whatever they were like no let's squish them all together ah that that that, that, that i think so fragmented and it answered honestly. It answered a big question of mine, which was, why is it just the same three segments? Yeah. So, and knowing now that it was supposed to be separated, like you'd see the Swedish Chef one, maybe you'd see one, and then you wouldn't see another one for another two weeks. Yeah. It makes, and that's like, yeah, that probably would have felt a lot nicer than okay, first week, second week, third week. <laughs> Well, I, I, I mean, I, I, again, I told Matt, I mean, I am not a piggy fan at all. I can't stand. I think, I think she can work really well when they just let her be a, but they don't (laughs) let her be one anymore. Uh, She's got to appeal to the little girls. She's got to be, you know, the guy to in it. So she can't be too mean. She can just be a little arrogant, but she can't throw the frog around anymore. She can't talk about she can't talk about uh being with the other guest stars. I did enjoy um in the last episode, the finale, when she's like beating up the leaky bucket and then at the yeah. end is like, Well, who made this? This is really durable. Like, I enjoyed my, that moment. My favorite moment of Muppets now, and I watched it. And as soon as it happened, I burst out laughing. I went, that's the Muppets is Uncle Deadly is giving Walter instructions on how to do stage combat. And he's like, you have to be focused. Yes. You have to keep your eyes locked. Yes. And he's focused on the wrong thing. He goes, and you have to watch out and punches him right in the face. <laughs> and I was like, that's it. That's the Muppets. That I, I was a, I was a huge fan the of the, the, the one, one of the episodes I liked. I, when when he talked about photobombing 
And, yes. and, and I, they, they, they called it something and, and they put photobomb together or whatever. He's, he's not photographer, a photographer or something like that. And he just keeps <laughs> appearing in all these exactly. different shots. That was good. And see, now that, that was, you've explained that it felt a little bit. so Kermit. It did. It totally felt like, Kermit. And I, I got a lot of people messaging me being like, uh, he's supposed to be very, he's supposed to be this very calm host. I'm like, no, he's not. No, he's, he's the one not. who hired these lunatics. Well, and and I think now that you've explained a little bit that these were all supposed to be individualized segments, I could get behind that because yeah. I could skip it's like TV. YouTube. Yeah, that's, exactly. Like, it's what, like a Muppet what, TED Talk or something. That's what know? ticks me off so much is they did those YouTube videos, the Bohemian Rhapsody and things like that. And those blew up. Even when yeah. they did new Pigs in Space uh, sketches a few years back, those did really well. And then they just stopped. When in reality, the internet with its fast-paced humor and low attention spans, that's perfect for the Muppets because that's what they do. Yeah, I agree. It's really baffling that anytime I feel like something Muppets comes up, everyone's like the internet blows up. And I'm like, Disney, are you watching this? Like, people love this. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I'm, I hope I've had some influence. <laughs> I hope. I hope you have too. Um, but I feel like I, I'm, I'm with you both that I, I so, I desperately want this to be good. And so it, it almost is like, as I'm watching it, I'm laughing at things that I shouldn't be laughing at and like trying to enjoy something that I, I'm like, eh, am I really enjoying this? Um, but but it, it, it feels, you know, disjointed and it just there's certain moments that they've got it. And then there's certain moments that you're like, okay, I guess this is, this is fine. <laughs> Whatever. Sure. That, that's kind of what it comes out as. It just, it feels it's just fine. And, and it, it worries me. And, and Josh, I wonder if it worries you too. It worries me that. Everything worries me. <laughs> well, I think when I say it worries I've me. I've been a Muppet fan my whole life. Well, that's you don't what I think that's I'm what, worried. Well, that, that's, what I, that's what I'm trying to get at is that I'm, I wonder if you, you only get so many shots to get it right before the public says, all right, we're done. And I'm almost wondering if and that's what I'm so tired of is every time they try and do something new with the Muppets, you get constant articles of, but do people really care? And I, I don't want to brag, but I look at my account and I go, yes. Yeah. So that's, really that's a question I have for you, Matt. I don't know if this was one of your questions or not. You are an expert. So if you had a chance to sit down with the creative team of the Muppets and say, this is the perfect Muppet show that I would want to create. What would it be? Take the end of it. Take the segments from Muppets now. I think there are some segments from that. That Walter's segment where he was analyzing the Muppets, perfect. I was like, that's fantastic because he's supposed to be the self-proclaimed Muppet fan. He's supposed to be me, and <laughs> and and yet he gets every detail wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that to me is a Muppet sect. I'm like, that's that's perfect. That is so. Take that. Take pigs in space. Veterinarians hospital. Take those. Take the things from the Muppet show. Take the musical numbers. Take the occasional guest skit or whatever, and just do it on YouTube. Just do it in a way that people can share it. Do it in a way that people can watch it anywhere. Do it as something that people at work could it pops up on their screen and they're like, Hey guys, come around, come here. Look, it's the Muppets. 
I think that would be the perfect platform for them now because, like I said, these the Muppets work in these tiny, quick segments. And that was something that frustrated me with Muppets now is those segments felt so long. Yeah. And I by the end, I was like, if there's a joke coming, it should have come an hour ago. <laughs> Basically say is, is, and I think from what our entire conversation, the Muppets don't work when you try to bring a sense of organization. Rea- chaos. So what you're saying is lean into the chaos, accept the fact that there's not going to be a continuity so much and just accept it as the sketch Get comedy rid that it of is. the reality well and i and i like what they said about the i gotta do well i also liked what you said about the 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 ability to make it viral too i mean that that's yeah. the concept make it viral let people organically share it quit trying to nobody i i can't think of too many people who said i'm buying disney plus to watch five episodes of the Muppets. Yeah. Now, if it was 120 episodes of the Muppets show, that's a little different, but you know, it's like, there's just not that oomph and Disney's not giving it that oomph. You look at the, sure. They promote whenever a new episode comes out, but other than that, even today they did a thing about where they were like, we're doing minimalist art of Disney plus highlights. And it was Iron Man and something from Pixar, this and that. I'm like, where's the frog? You want me to care about the, you want people to care, do something. Yeah, you would almost think that that the Muppets being as big of a franchise as they are with as much they don't even content as they've had, you could almost make them their own category right up there with Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, to be. Muppets, and National Geographic. I mean, National Geographic, why in the world is that even up there? I get <laughs> it. But, but you know what I'm trying to say? Muppet. It could be its own it could be its own category with everything that's ever been created. It's Disney's Muppets. Yeah. And I think the way somebody up 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 high views it is it's Michael Eisner's Muppets. Mm. And it doesn't sound nice when it's Michael Eisner's Muppets are succeeding, but when it's Bob Iger's Marvel, Bob Iger's Star Wars, Bob Iger's Pixar. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some jockeying that you want to do as a CEO to make sure that what you had your hand in is what you're remembered for. And I can't, and I can't say I blame him, but at the same time, it's like you have this group of fans who care. I mean, I can really relate with the Tron people at this point. At least they're getting a roller coaster. <laughs> hey, you and, got a restaurant. You got a restaurant. What are you talking about? Yeah, for two years. Yeah, One was That's the problem. Stuff. Disney keeps doing these crappy stuff with the Muppets and people don't want to see it. And then they go, whoops, people don't like the Muppets. Yeah. Well, I will say the thing that gives me hope is that, you know, Casey and I, uh, you know, we worked at um, the Disney store. Both of us are recent cast members of there. Right. And... When the Muppet Babies plush, and when that show premiered, it was just the plush, we sold a ton of that plush. You want to know something? I got a secret. It's because the Muppets still work. (laughs) Exactly. But my hope is that it means that you're getting a new generation of people hooked on this Muppet Babies. And then when they become 13 and are going, well, not going to watch Muppet Babies anymore because that's for babies. What's but I still love the Muppets. I'm, I'm hoping that that maybe can drive some new Muppet things. Let me ask this. Maybe this is uh, sacrilegious, but I'm not ready to say. 
would the Muppets work if they moved away from the puppetry to the computer animated graphics of the Muppet Babies? No. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No. No, that's, so. that's a fair point. I think what makes the Muppets work, I think for Muppet Babies, it's allowed to be this very unrealistic thing because they are toddlers. So they can do these outlandish, crazy you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark parodies. Uh-huh. And it makes sense because it's like children have this imagination. But with the Muppets, the pup the reason the puppetry works is because then you see something explode or you see something go just haywire or you see something as simple as the frog riding a bicycle and you're just astounded. You're like, wait, this is real. This is all real. But do you think that actually still plays on that? That's kind of my question is I- that – I'm wondering so. if our the modern audience has moved past that because they've gotten so uh, uh, attuned to visuals that are literally, you know, so believable that when you watch a, a frog riding a bike or something like that, it's not as astonishing. You'd be, as You'd be surprised. Hmm. You'd be surprised. Anytime I post a picture of that, that scene from the Muppet movie or even more so the Muppet great Muppet caper flooded with how did they do that though? Hmm. Or even more so I don't want to know how they did that. Cause that's magic to me. Interesting. If you want the best comparison of who's doing the Muppets right and who's doing the Muppets wrong, look at Muppets now and then look at earth to Ned. So I, it's the new it, series from Jim hit the Jim Henson <clears throat> company. That it is, it is on my list to watch. And I, that was going to be my or, question. Have you watched that? And how is it? Yes. It is so off the wall and just goofy. And it has that little mix of raunchiness. It feels like something the Muppets would have done. And it feels like a perfect replacement for Stitch's Great Escape. And um, is it under the Disney umbrella? Yes. I guess technically. Is it on Disney Plus? uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Okay. Or or more, I guess, not as recent, the Dark Crystal prequel series. Okay. It was on Netflix. Okay. The puppetry in that is just amazing, and it shows just how important it still is as an art form. I don't. I'm not trying to downgrade on computer animation. I think what they can do with that is incredible. But I feel like with something like the Muppets <coughs> or the Dark Crystal, it benefits more as a as a complement as opposed to the full thing. Yeah, I think if you did a full computer generated like. Adult Muppet? I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> not Muppet Babies. I feel like that would be one of those. You put that out there, and your Muppet fans are like, "What is this? I don't want this." And the people who are not Muppet fans are going, uh, "I don't want this either." And you yeah. work for nothing. <laughs> so we're running short on time. So I want to. I do want to ask one more question because I know this has come up a lot with Muppets now. What's your take on Kermit the Frog's voice in Muppets? It's fine. What's that? It's fine. It's fine. Really? I can listen to it because okay. I grew up on both Steve Whitmire and Jim Henson. So, so, so who does this one? This is Matt Vogel, who he has, I, I feel kind of bad for him because he's picked up so many characters. I wish, I, I hope they are enlisting some new talent at some point, not because the current talent is bad by any means, but so they don't have so much, so much weight to bear. Because Matt Vogel is doing Floyd Pepper, Kermit, um, 
Big Bird on Sesame Street and all these he's he's got the big the big names and it, I'm so happy for him but same time it's like uh you do realize uh you can't just have four or five people playing all these playing all the characters who were played by other people <laughs> yeah I'm I'm not as bothered by it I mean I understand that's different but um I, I think I, I don't hear I, it as much as others do well, I personally I think, couldn't hear it. I, I think it sounded the same to me, but everyone I talked to, oh my God, his voice sounds horrible. Oh my God. I, sound, I like, think if Steve oh. Whitmire, and he's a swell person as well. I try and I, I don't get into the politics of it because I don't know. I don't know the situation. So I'm not, I don't have a place to speak on it. And so, but I think if Steve Whitmire had taken over as Kermit in an age where the internet was as pro, prevalent and social media was as big as it is now it would have been the same situation yeah well yeah and that point you know you can't do much when you go from jim to to him I mean, jim passed away yeah. so i mean it's you know that was kind of a forced situation i know yeah. disney tries at least with you know their main franchises apparently not the muppets but you know their main main franchises they start to they start to groom talent you know, years before they plan on retiring the old talent so that there's a yeah. seamless transition. So, well, Matt, I, uh, we're, we're really up against closing time. Do you have anything else you want to ask? No, I think I'm good. All right. So let's do this. So, uh, Joshua, um, plug yourself here. Uh, how do people find you on Twitter? Where, 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 how can they connect with you? Just search Muppet history. If you don't see it flooding your timeline from the people who retweeted, I apologize for those who have already blocked me because you're tired of seeing my, my wholesome, sweet, cuddly posts um, <laughs> or my chaotic, weird, bizarre findings of the deep realm of the Muppets. But you can find me at History Muppet on Twitter and Muppet History on Instagram. I thought I was being cute, and now that I have a following... I'm really wishing I hadn't, <laughs> but yeah, I, I post throughout the day, sometimes more than others, sometimes more than should. So yeah, if you're looking for some, just a reminder of who the Muppets are, hopefully what the Muppets can become again, and just, you know, develop a greater appreciation for the work that went into creating all of this madness. That's what Muppet history is about. And I'm gonna I'm gonna double plug this. Um, so I, I uh, this this is the account. The internet can be a dark dark place. There's a lot of stuff going on. And it, guys, even if you're not a Muppet fan, follow this account. It's just every time that I'm scrolling and I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, oh this is really fun. Oh man, my like my day is literally brightened by this account. So so I I I. I I'm going to plug it even more because um, it it really is just awesome, awesome content. Joshua, thank you so much for what you do. And um, and thanks so much for coming on and talking to us today. We really appreciate hearing all the Muppet knowledge that you have. You're welcome. I'm sorry I became a bit of a Debbie Downer in the end. Maybe uh, next time you can have me to talk about... <laughs> Uh, the Jim Henson era. Oh, it would be okay. a lot happier. It's amazing how quick that that thirty minutes uh, goes by. I mean, oh, we're, we're actually is. we're we're approaching fifty minutes at this point. That's so, okay. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. So uh, it is closing time for us. A couple of things, real quick. Uh, for those of you who have not already checked out our sponsors, the Riss and Cal 
uh, organization, fourfrills.com slash shop. We've got a lot of great accessories on the website that you can purchase. We got uh, Christmas holiday time coming up. Uh, it's a great opportunity for you to um, look at some of those cell phone accessories as stocking stuffers. So check them out, fourfrills.com slash shop. Um, if you use promo code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S at checkout, you're going to get 15% off of your purchase. Um, they've even got some wireless earbuds, uh, which uh, both Matt and I have uh, um, versions of, and they're great. So definitely check them out for frills, the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com uh, slash shop. Use the promo code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S, at checkout and get your 15% off. If you want to get a hold of us, Beers and Ears Podcast on Facebook, uh, at Beers Ears 1928 on Twitter and Instagram, Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com if you'd like to email us. Uh, and then, yeah, we have new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. So, Matt, let's raise our glasses, shall we? Yes, this episode has been us. Awesome. Thank you again, Josh. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, seriously, Josh. We appreciate it, man. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your night. We'll see you real soon. Bye, everyone.